Well, church, to say it's been a challenging couple of weeks for the body of Christ is about as monumental an understatement as can be made. And I think every once in a while it's a good thing for the pastor to stand before the people and admit uh, where you've fallen short. And I received a number of emails the last couple of weeks, and though we did uh, pray for Emmanuel AME Church, for the pastor's family, and for those in the church who suffered a tremendous loss, an unfathomable loss. We did that on a Thursday night. We did not do that, nor did I acknowledge it uh, here on Sunday morning, which is when most of us gather together. And so please, uh, if you're here this morning and you took offense to that from me, please receive my heartfelt uh, sorrow for, for missing that opportunity on a Sunday morning. We are going to pray again today as a church. But I also feel it incumbent because the Supreme Court has chosen to somehow believe that they're allowed to legislate from the bench. And in doing so, they have infringed, I believe, upon our First Amendment rights to freedom of religion. And as they have done that, they have erased the votes at the state level of almost 50 million people who voted for marriage amendments to keep marriage between a man and a woman as is defined in our Bibles. And because they spoke, I feel it incumbent upon me to speak to you because you need to know where this church stands, where I stand as your pastor. For most of you, if you follow such things, and I do not intend to make this political but biblical, in our country it takes about 50 million or so votes to elect a president, does it not? And yet somehow, when those votes come in, 10, 15 million votes at a time, Somehow we have reached a place in the history of our country to where that no longer matters. It also no longer matters that a vast majority of all Americans hold a biblical view of marriage. A vast majority of all Americans. But this is not an American issue. And our Supreme Court, in carefully drafting the response to this legal case has somehow sought to make this a civil rights issue. And to my black brothers and sisters, to my Chinese brothers and sisters, to my Korean brothers and sisters, I have no idea how that could possibly be the case. To make the case that what has happened in our historical past and even continues to this day, the injustices that occurred during a horrific period of time in our country when we enslaved our fellow human beings 
when we did so to the Chinese population in this state during the gold rush era to make that case that somehow being gay being a lesbian being transgendered is the same as being a different race is an abomination and it also flies in the face of the clear teaching of scripture and here's the problem that we now face ourselves with in this country because Romans chapter 1 people don't like to quote it plainly declares that sin is sin all flavor of sin is sin and it defines clearly the homosexual lifestyle in that listing of sinful behaviors and in doing so the context of that statement is the just shall live by faith and if we can no longer define what it means to be a person of faith individually when the state intrudes and though they've been careful to craft their statements to say well we're not going to enforce this on the church let me tell you that the church is not this building the church is every Christian business owner who owns a camp a wedding venue a photography service a bakery a restaurant a hotel anywhere where you put your faith into practice you have now become a criminal if you stand for a biblical definition of marriage you've become a criminal to say it will not affect the church is a monumental deception and here's how because in crafting the decision they plainly said that the church would be exempt but they also said whoever receives benefit from the federal government will have to keep the law as it's written we receive a tax-exempt status your tithes and offerings are exempt from federal income tax that is a federal benefit we pay very limited property tax that is a federal benefit and we do not pay income tax on your tithes and offerings that is a federal benefit and you may mark my words because the federal government has been after this exemption for a very long time that is where they will attack now let me tell you what the response is here in this church we will adopt tomorrow at our board meeting a clear and concise biblical definition of what constitutes marriage and that is the only marriage we will perform here
Furthermore, we will teach the truth even if they choose to throw me in jail. And then Pastor Rob will get up and preach. And then Pastor Pat will get up and preach until there's nobody left to preach the truth. Our Bible says clearly, having therefore done all to stand, stand. And we're going to stand. We can do no other. Christ laid down his life to set men free. To have this thrust upon us is to diminish our capacity to minister to people who need Jesus. It's taken my role as a pastor and tried to relegate it to one that's political. My job is to preach the truth of God in Christ in love. And I say to those who maybe today you're in this building and you're struggling with same-sex attraction, you're struggling in a homosexual relationship, you are struggling as a gay person or a lesbian or a transgendered person, Jesus Christ died on Calvary's cross to set you free from the bondage of sin. The same Bible that says we're saved by grace through faith is the one that also says that you must confess your sin to be forgiven. Brothers and sisters, we will continue to serve the Lord. Amen. Now, some may ask, why on Communion Sunday would I choose to make these declarations? Because Paul, as he wrote to the church in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, as he was giving the ordinance of communion to the church, he said, therefore, whoever eats of this bread and drinks of this cup in an unworthy manner would be guilty of the body of and the blood of Jesus Christ. I had to come clean. We have to come clean. And we need to be on the same page with our Savior. I could do no else. Nothing could I do but to share my heart. Because I don't want anybody getting the wrong impression. I don't want someone coming to this church and saying, well, it's okay if I keep my pornography or if I keep my adulterous relationship or I keep my incestuous relationship or I keep my hate or I keep my racism. Christ sets men free. And so the way to that freedom is if we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive our sin 
and then cleanse us from the unrighteousness that comes from our sin. Amen? As we pray, maybe you brought something with you today that you just need to leave at the foot of the cross. There is no sin too big. There is no thing that the Lord isn't concerned about in your life that he won't touch and he won't heal. And so I want to pray with you. As the communion team comes forward and begins to pass out the elements, this is a holy time. This is a time for us to do business with our Savior because of what he did on Calvary's cross for us. That cross cost God his only son. And that cross cost Jesus his life. And it is that cross, that blood shed for the remission of sin, that body broken that we remember today. And so let's take our hearts to the Lord and ask him to move in this place today. Father, we come, Lord, many of us bearing maybe even stain of sin today. Lord, perhaps there's something that's hidden deep in the recesses of our hearts, our minds, Lord, something we've never yielded to your touch. Lord, perhaps it's one of these issues. Lord, perhaps it's the pain uh, of racism. Lord, we pray again for our brothers and sisters at Emmanuel AME. God, how, how do you heal from this? You heal by the blood of Christ. You heal by that cleansing flow. And so, Lord, as we draw near to you, your word declares that you will draw near to us. And we come as people who need you to touch us and cleanse us and wash us. We lay our lives down at your feet, Jesus. We declare that there is only one name under heaven whereby men may be saved. We declare that without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. Lord Jesus, thank you for your blood. Thank you for your body. We bless you, Lord. Now cleanse us and wash us. Make us mindful of the business we need to do. We pray these things in the name of Jesus, our Savior. God's people all declare. The prophet Isaiah, as he authored the 53rd chapter of the book of Isaiah, gave us some monumental truths regarding the body of Christ. It says there in the third verse, I'm going to ask you to hang on to the bread. We'll bring the cup. We'll partake together. But there in the 
third verse, he says he was despised, he was rejected, speaking of the Messiah, a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief, and we, as it were, hid our face from him. He was despised, and we didn't esteem him. And it goes on to say something that's hard for us to imagine. And it's really the answer to the 22nd Psalm and to the words that the Lord himself cried out from the cross. He said, crying out in agony, Eloi, Eloi, Lama Sabachthani. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Have you ever asked the question, what's the answer to that question? Why would God do that? Why would God allow that? Why was the cross the answer? The answer is you. The answer is me. The answer is us. The answer is the church. Jesus would go on from the cross and cry out with his very last breath two things. the first of which was a single word to tell us die. It is finished. And in rapid succession, immediately following, it is finished. Into thy hands, Father, I commit my spirit. There's not an ounce of doubt in the words of Christ. He, he didn't say, I am finished. He said, it is finished. And what he was really saying was, in response to the remaining words there of the next three verses in Isaiah 53, verse 4, for surely he has borne our griefs. All your grief, all your pain, all your anguish, all your hurt, every concern, every grief Christ bore for you. He carried away our sorrows. Every painful depth of heart issue that has ever existed in humankind, Christ bore on the cross. And yet the world's opinion of Messiah, they esteemed him as stricken, smitten. So much so that the guards mocked him and said, truly, if you are the Son of God, bring yourself down from that cross. Verse 5 goes on to say, For he was wounded for our transgressions. Man, how many times 
maybe this morning on the way to church, you knew what to do, but you didn't do it. You understood what the truth was, but you didn't do it. Our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities, my iniquity, your iniquity. Those internal struggles that you have, that I have, that stain of being a human being, that difficult stuff. And the chastisement for our peace. He was the Prince of Peace. But boy, does the world long for peace. Look at our country. Look at our world. It cries out for peace at the same time diving headlong into sin. And by his stripes, if you've never looked at it, if you notice on this simple matzah cracker, there are stripes. Those stripes are your stripes. They're my stripes. They belong to me. There on the cross could have been the list of your sins, my sins. Instead of Jesus Christ, King of the Jews, it was Jeff's Savior. Your Savior. Your Lord, my Lord. For all we like sheep have gone astray. Every one of us has turned to our own way. Every one of us. There's not one self-made righteous person in here. Any righteousness that we have came from Christ. We're clothed in his righteousness, not our own. And then here's the answer to Eloi, Eloi, Lama, Sabachthani. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. That's why the cross. That's why it is finished. And because of that, into thy hands, into God's loving hands, Jesus commended his own spirit, and thereby securing eternal eternity for every last one of us. And so as we hold these elements in our hand, and as we're going to pray and partake, He did with the cross what we couldn't do with ourselves. And Jesus at the supper took the bread and when he had broken it he turned to the disciples 
And he said to them, Take, eat, for this is my body, broken for you. And it was after the supper. There is a celebrated uh, Passover Seder. After the supper would have been the cup of rejoicing. And he raised that cup of rejoicing and said to them, This cup is a new covenant. My blood shed for the remission of sin. And as often as you eat of this bread and drink of this cup, you do show forth the Lord, his body, his blood, until he comes. Let's partake together. Let's pray. What can wash away our sin, Lord? What can make us white as snow? The answer is still the same. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. And Lord Jesus, your, your body, Lord, those moments of agony and torment, that chastisement, our peace, purchased with your brokenness. We thank you. Lord, we praise you. We honor you. The most precious substance ever in the course of human history, more than all of the gold and silver, more than all the precious jewels, all the land, all the buildings, this whole earth. Lord, the most precious substance to ever grace this planet was your blood. And you have washed us, and you have made us white. And Lord, because of that, we praise your holy name. We thank you for the forgiveness of sin. We thank you for the cleansing, the flow that's washed us. God, we love you. Jesus, we thank you. We exalt you. We praise you, we honor you, Lord, today, and in remembrance of you, we thank you for your body that was broken and your blood that was shed. We ask these things in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Father, that is our cry, that is our prayer. We do indeed owe all to you. All to Jesus we surrender. All to you we freely owe. And God is your church. We give you the authority over our lives. We honor your word, Lord, which is to be honored, even your word says, above your name. And so, God, we hold it high. We hold high the name of Jesus. We hold high the cross that's washed us and made us new. God, we thank you for the power of the cross. 
the work that's been done on our behalf. We place our lives in your hands and we look forward, Lord, to the days that lie ahead. Lord, would you bring revival? God, would your people be stirred up? Lord, would we be ready for what lies ahead? God, make us alive, make us awake, and use us, and may your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We praise you, we thank you, and in Jesus' name we pray these things. Amen. The Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and give you peace. Amen? Amen. 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 Go out with joy.